770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, if you find yourself driving outside of the uh, of the FM AM signal for WVNN, which is pretty hard because it covers most of North Alabama, but if you're driving outside the range, headed somewhere, and, and you want to keep listening to the show, just understand you can go to rightsideradio.org. Just click it on your smartphone, go to rightsideradio.org, and on our website, you'll find a Listen Live button. Just click Listen Live, and guess what? No matter where you is, there you is, and you're listening to Right Side Radio. Uh, we've got folks listening in all kinds of states. Uh, got folks out in Texas, got folks in Virginia, got folks in uh, Indiana, got folks down in Florida, uh, and all over the state of Alabama. So, um, yeah, loving that. And uh, just, just stay tuned wherever you are. Hey, um... I'm going to spend some time talking about Afghanistan. Uh, got to. Got, got to. There's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm going to try and unpack in this show, and I'm not sure how we even get to all of it because literally the amount of paper that I've got laid out right now in a orderly fashion here in the studio studio as I am overdressed for radio, uh, I'm just telling you right now I've got more than we could possibly get done. But the leadoff, the leadoff's got to be the situation with Afghanistan, which really is a crisis of leadership if you get down to it. A um, lot to unpack. I mean, it's amazing, too, watching the – you know, the refugee situation, um, you know, trying to work through things uh, like that. Um, it, it's, 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 it's something to watch. Uh, and every single day, it feels personal in some ways. And, and of course, you, you guys know that it is personal in some ways. Um, but that being said, uh, we're, we're trying to, to help uh, those that we know and, uh, and those that we have served with and those that are American citizens, to, to find their way out. Oh, have you uh, heard from Hamid yet? Well, you know, yeah. Hey, thanks for asking. So so for those of you in the audience, so most of you all already know uh, my, my interpreter from Afghanistan, Hamid, uh, is here. He's an American citizen. Um, and uh, he and I were um, have stayed in regular contact. And he and I have been in contact very lately. And just to fill up uh, the, the backstory here, uh, Hamid's parents... Uh, and and others are still in Afghanistan, trapped in Kabul right now. And uh, so, yeah, I've um, I've been assisting him with getting the information to the Department of State. Uh, very thankful for the uh, staff at uh, Senator Tubbleville's office, who have been very very helpful in helping us to track down who, how, you know, and what to, uh, to get things done. And uh, and and so anyway, I texted Hamid earlier to answer your question, Copper. I texted him a little earlier. Have not heard back yet. The last time we talked was actually last night after the show, uh, checking on things. Uh, but I've not heard if there's any updates. So I will keep you all posted, and uh, just keep asking me, and I'll keep filling in the blanks as right. best we can. And if I hear from him during the show, I'll let you know. Oh, I had another question. Yeah. Actually, um, somebody else whose son is a veteran said that. Um, his son actually had a really bad experience with Afghan troops and that in his experience they didn't take training seriously and that they stole equipment and sold it on the black market and that they kind of were just annoyed American troops were there. So I'm wondering, that that really surprised me having heard all of your stories. I wondered if you saw anything like that or if this was just a totally different crowd that this person experienced. No, you're going to have, I mean, you got good and bad eggs everywhere course, you go. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, so I have no doubt that he may have had some bad experiences. I had, uh, there's a picture right now on my Twitter feed, which, um, you know, one of my one of my more liberal trolls actually pointed out, he said, man, may I block, block out the uh, the faces. And so I did. But if you look at my Twitter feed, you can see me on Twitter, at Sin Phil Williams, S-E-N, at Sin Phil Williams. 
I, I thanked the members of my team and the uh, special forces team that we were with uh, for our service in Afghanistan together. And, and there's a picture of the guard force that I had with me at my safe house in Kunduz, Afghanistan. That was all just 20 years ago. So the picture is old anyway, but, but nonetheless, some of those guys, some of those guys were sharp as a tack. And one of them, one of them, a guy named Akhtar is the one we're trying to get out of country right now. Um, but then some of them were just knuckleheads. And we had an issue uh, one time where literally I had, I had to call them in and, and give them reading the riot act because we had gotten some uh, resupply, and in the resupply, we got some what I, would, I just got to call charitable goods, you know, like, like family groups would send over things. So here you are going out to get your beans and bullets in the resupply, and you find a box of ladies' shoes. What in God's name? Ladies' shoes. But nonetheless, what it was was well-intentioned people sending things over that we could give out. Well, then, you know, some of my guard force begins pilfering uh, those supplies, which was a big deal, and I had to get rid of one of them. Um, because I could not have dishonesty in the ranks, uh, not with people we're supposed to be trusting our lives with. It was also tempered by the fact that I recognized these guys had nothing. Uh, literally, I'm the one that put shoes on their feet. And uh, so we're talking about people who have been deprived of um, everything the modern world can provide, everything, and that their wives and sisters have been deprived of even an education. And yeah, they, they, they pilfered some ladies' shoes because they were going to take them home to their moms and I had to get rid of a couple guys. They stopped stealing, but, you know, I had to also look at where they came from. Um, that's, uh, it's the difference between being in a uh, tyranny, um, um, a, a tyrannical government that, that, that just literally puts the thumb on people in a third world country compared to what we have here where we throw away more than they've ever seen. Um, not to excuse all of it because there, there was some backstabbing, but by and large, my experience was these are these are just folks who want to live. And uh, anyway, more to come. Hey, folks, uh, News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. We'll be right back after this break. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Every afternoon, Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 p.m. That's that's where we're going to be every single time. And listen, if you can't find it on the air because you're driving too far outside the range, just go to rightsideradio.org and click Listen Live. You can hear it anywhere you are. Hey, folks, i got to tell you real quick about my friends at Otter Creek Farm. Otter Creek Farm, man, that place is amazing. I have been out there so many times, stayed out there many times. Charlene and I went to dinner there the other night. Otter Creek Farm is an oasis in North Alabama. People don't realize it's there, but it's a wing shooting destination. You can go shoot, you know, uh, pheasant and quail, and they got the dogs, the guns, the guides, beautiful manicured acreage where you can hunt. They've also got amazing facilities with a culinary staff that will cook for you like you would not believe. Listen, check them out. You'll see real quickly on their website, ottercreekfarmstead.com, ottercreekfarmstead.com. You'll see why Donald Trump Jr. chose to stay there not long ago. Oh, yeah, and why they were featured in Garden and Gun magazine. 
Oh, yeah. Otter Creek Farm. Website is ottercreekfarmstead.com. Hey, we're going to keep talking about Afghanistan, and I do want to uh, get to a clip here in a minute. So, Copper, if you'll go ahead and get clip two ready, the one with Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, just get it ready. But in the meantime, I, I got a caller on the line about Afghanistan, so I'll go ahead and take Ted from Hampton Cove. Hey, Ted, Phil Williams on Right Side Radio. What's on your mind? Sir, uh, I know you're aware that we still have troops and civilians, you know, in, in Afghanistan. I was wondering if you think we might have another hostage crisis like we had in 79. You know, we had a incompetent Democrat in the White House then, and I was just uh, interested to hear your thoughts on that. I'll go ahead and hang up. Hey, Ted, thanks for the call. appreciate you being in the audience. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, do I think so? Yes, I do. I think we have an absolute... Um, you know, potentially, and I heard someone say this yesterday, I, I wish I could give credit to who said it, uh, but somebody else said they believe that uh, President Biden is presiding over potentially the largest um, hostage crisis in the history of the world. And that's because right now what we understand is there are thousands, thousands of American citizens, not including those Afghans who worked with us that are trying to get those um, uh, special immigration visas to get out, but the the the, the number of U.S. citizens over there allegedly is in the thousands. And just even today, uh, the State Department was asked how many. Well, I take it back. I started off with the Secretary of, uh, uh, was it Defense? No, it was, it, was, it was the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs was asked how many Americans are there. Had no idea. You'll have to ask State Department. Ask State Department. They said, we don't know. Uh, in fact, I think their words were, we have no idea. And, and listen, I mean, they are, um, they are literally uh, over there and being told right now, uh, by the U.S. government that, um, that, that there is nothing that the U.S. can do for some reason outside of the fence line of Kabul International Airport, and I don't get that. Hey, by the way, I'm going to break in real quick on this. Um, just got a text from Hamid uh, Copper. Uh, I had asked him what he's heard, uh, tell him not to give up hope. Uh, he says... Um, he says, so far he's not heard anything new. He said, it's very much possible that the Internet is going to be shut down soon as the Taliban has begun arresting folks who have worked in high-ranking positions and with NATO troops. Uh, that's, that's going to be problematic because right now the State Department's answer is, go online quickly and fill out your forms. And that's going to be tough to do if the Internet, if the internet gets shut down by the Taliban, which I said the other day on Twitter, you can find me at Williams S-E-N, at Williams. Um, I said the other day that in 2001, there were no, uh, phone, no cell phones, no video cameras, uh, no social media, and that that is the lifeline to the outside world now for what is soon to be an oppressed people. And, uh, and that's true. And if Hamid's right, and I hope he's not, but if he's right and the Taliban shuts down Internet capability, well, then uh, it's going to be very difficult for anybody to know what's going on because that's how we see things right now. The videos you're getting, they're not, by and large, they're not world media. They are uh, individual citizens getting videos uploaded to the internet so that the world can see what's happening. But so here's this thing. All right, great question uh, from a friend in Hampton Cove a moment ago. Is this a hostage crisis? Well, I, I don't know if y'all are aware. I mean, there's an entire job description in the military for combat search and rescue. We have people that are trained to do this, literally trained to do this. When I was going in-country, we had to do our infill through a, um, what was then a sort of clandestine base uh, in Uzbekistan, Karshi Khanabad. It was called K2, KK, uh, Karshi Khanabad, Afghanistan, or Uzbekistan. 
And we did our infiltration there uh, using uh, special operations aircraft, the uh, MC-130 Talons, and then we got, you know, overland from there, to from Azari Sharif to Kunduz. All said and done, when we were going in, we, we had already had our briefings, our training. We were, we were squared up as best we could. But then we got in country to Uzbekistan, and we had a combat search and rescue guy come and meet with us and teach us how to pre-program what they call SAR dots, that's search and rescue dots, in your GPS. So all you had to do without giving away your position on the radio is say, I am X distance from SAR dot 1, and they knew exactly where you were. And, and there's all kinds of techniques like that that combat search and rescue uses. Not only that, but they go in country and they do their jobs. They're designed to go into hostile sites and pick up U.S. citizens and, per, and, and, and U.S. troops and get them out. Right now what we're hearing, and I, and I, I tweeted it out this morning too, reports are strong and confirmed, by the way, on the U.K. side especially, confirmed that French and British special operations are leaving the wire every day, heading out into the Taliban-held countryside in, and around in Kabul and getting their French and British citizens. But yesterday, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin intoned that we don't have the capabilities for that. You got clip two ready, Copper? Yes. Let's go ahead and let's play clip two of Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Very brief clip in a, uh, in a very uh, difficult press conference yesterday. Go ahead and play that. We're going to get everyone... Uh, that we can possibly uh, evacuate, evacuate it. And I'll do that as long as we possibly can Copper, until the clock runs out or we run out of capability. <laughs> We're going to get everyone uh, uh, that we can possibly... Um, but listen, that, that clip right there of Secretary of Defense Austin um, literally said they're going to be there until the clock runs out. What in the world does that even mean? What does that, what does that even mean... That until the clock runs out. I'm, I'm just telling you right now, they, they, they have no plan right now for doing anything outside of the fence line for Kabul International Airport. Now, General Milley was very clear, and so was Secretary Austin. Their mission, their number one priority is secure the airfield. I get it. But right now, British and French are literally rushing outside the wire fully armed into harm's way and, and getting their citizens and bringing them back. Whereas we're just telling our U.S. citizens, make your way to the Kabul airport. Good luck. We'll see you if you make it. Now, new statements coming out of the White House are, we'll be there as long as it takes, because they know what was said yesterday was awful. The very idea the Secretary of Defense says, we'll be there until the clock runs out. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have sources in D.C. too, and I spoke to one yesterday. And he told me they had received a briefing most recently, I think yesterday morning, that August 31st is it. August 31st is the proposed deadline for if you're not out, you're not getting out. And you hear what I'm saying? So if, if they're getting a briefing yesterday, August 31st is get out or you're not getting out. And, and do the best you can. People, make your way to the Kabul airport. And then Secretary of Defense says, we'll be there until the clock runs out. Well, what does that tell you? Internal conversations have been... There is an end date. You don't put end dates on military operations. You put conditions to end the operation. All right? If you put a calendar date on something and you haven't met it yet, you've failed. But if you put a condition-based uh, criteria on something and you keep moving it forward, then you know when you've met success or failure because you've met or did not meet your conditions. Right now, the only condition that is acceptable is, by God, get the people out. There is zero excuse for anything else than that. Now, I just watched General Jack Keene, literally as I'm coming on the air, 
just at, at the top of the hour, General Jack Keane was on Fox with uh, Margaret McCallum, Martha McCallum, and he was he was going through any number of different aspects of what's happening right now. But one of the things he said was it was apparent, and I agree. I've worked in the Pentagon. Um, you know, part of that weird, you know, very eclectic resume I've got. I spent time uh, as a, 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 a lieutenant colonel working in a special operations uh, skiff in the basement of the Pentagon as part of the Army staff. All right, I know for a fact when they cannot tell you that they can go any further, it's because they've not given the authority. No one's been given the authority to move further. If the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs are reserved in their comments about whether they can go outside the wire and do something, it's because the White House has not spoken. Because there is no higher military authority than those two men. Those two men right now, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and General Mark Milley, they are the ultimate military authority. But if they can't say it, it's because they have not been given the authority to say it by the only person higher than them, and that's the President of the United States. If the National Security Council has not convened and made a rule of engagement that says, whatever it takes, get them out, then my question is, why not? Because when we heard earlier from President Biden in that very kind of weird and stilted uh, press conference where he, he, he just stood there you know, like a statue and read from his teleprompter and then turned around and walked out of the room, if he said himself, plans had been laid Every contingency had been considered. Obviously not. Obviously not. So what I'm saying here right now is that we've got people in country. There are people. And they need to be gotten out. And there needs to be absolutely, absolutely uh, no holds barred on getting it out. So listen, um, it was... It was difficult to watch. And right now, we also heard, and I'll tell you more about this when we get back, that in an effort to do everything different than Trump, there was a Biden State Department uh, decision to cancel a Trump crisis program that would have helped evacuate Americans from Afghanistan, and they canceled it before the Taliban took over. It was, a, it was basically a, uh, a program that was there for evacuating Americans from disaster zones such as Afghanistan, and it was canceled just a few months before we pulled out of Afghanistan. Mm. More on that. We'll be right back after this. Phil Williams, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. Sitting here looking at an article that just came out, uh, by the way. Uh, any of you have seen the movie Lone Survivor, you know it's a true story based on the, um, uh, the fact that uh, Operation Red Wing, a, um, a SEAL team mission in Afghanistan, uh, Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell was the lone survivor uh, of his team. It also wound up being one of the deadliest missions in all of Navy SEAL history as the rescue uh, uh, th that was coming in to get them 
uh, basically, I think want to say I want to say 19 individuals died uh, in that operation. Uh, Heart wrenching movie. Anyway, Marcus Luttrell just said basically, uh, I'm, I'm quoting right here. As a matter of fact, he says uh, we need to go get them. Just send us back in there. We can do it. The problem is not whether or not we can do that job. We'll drop right in there and pull everybody out. We can do whatever you all want us to do. It's just up to the American people how far you want to let us go. And you know, there's some reports saying as many as 15,000 Americans. I don't. I don't mean I. I can't imagine why there are that many Americans scattered across the uh, Afghan countryside, but as right now the article is saying as many as 15,000 Americans could be scattered across. And I believe Marcus Luttrell's right. The U.S. military would love nothing more than to go kick in some Taliban teeth and get an American citizen out. It's a holy mission. You know what I'm saying? It is a, it is a righteous cause. And the idea that we're going to not even have an ROE, a, a rules of engagement, that says we can go outside the wire and go get somebody, is wrong. So what happens, I guess, what happens if an American citizen says, I'm 40 minutes outside of Kabul, I can't get past a Taliban checkpoint, but here's where I am. Are we going to say, good luck, we hope to see you tomorrow for breakfast inside the wire at the Afghan, no, we better, we better just, at that point there should be Chinook spinning up and there should be a team of rangers going out there to get them, period. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just done with this, just done and the idea that this chaos is ensuing and nobody saw it coming, oh, they saw it coming. In fact, President Biden admitted it. Now, a moment ago, by the way, we had uh, a technical gaffe. We sort of worked most of this out, I think, uh, during the break. And uh, we're going to try another clip. Um, had an interview yesterday, President Biden with George Stephanopoulos. Didn't go real well, all right? But let's, uh, let's play that full clip, uh, Copper, and see how that goes. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? Look, I don't think it was a failure. Look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban, uh, let me back and put it another way. When you had the government of Afghanistan, the leader of that government, getting in a plane and taking off and going to another country, when you saw the significant collapse of the, of the uh, Afghan troops we had trained, up to 300,000 of them, just leaving their equipment and, and, and taking off. That was, you know, I'm not, this, it, it, that, that's what happened. That's simply what happened. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we're, we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. Okay, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> the, the, literally, you've got the President of the United States admitting in an interview with George Stephanopoulos that, that he had always calculated in the chaos that we're seeing now. Well, just, you know, so he didn't think there's any other better way to have handled it. I got news. My neighbor's cat could have planned that out better. And, and so the reality that we've got a president of the United States who is so lost right now, so, so over his head, never had a real job in his life, uh, 
I mean, he's been he's been in D.C. as an elected official now since 1973, I think it is. I mean, just the other day, he, he literally, I didn't know yesterday, the day, it was yesterday. He literally said, faultily, he claims the U.S. Does, does not have any troops in Syria. We have 900 troops in Syria, Mr. Commander-in-Chief. What, what in God's name is happening right now in the White House? Who is advising him? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, whoever's advising him has pulled him off the camera because today the White House canceled all public events. Not even Jen Psaki is doing a press release or, or a press conference. They have literally pulled back. And while we're sitting there with our, you know, sitting on our thumbs, basically, inside the wire guarding the airstrip and trying to get the planes back and forth, knowing that Americans are outside the wire struggling to get to it and just telling them, come to us, just come to us. It's like a big game of Red Rover. Come on over. The British and the French are literally going outside the wire and getting their people and bringing them back. And, and Major General Hank Taylor, who is, uh, you know, uh, one of our senior officials, Deputy Director of the Joint Staff of Regional Operations, he confirmed this is happening. All right, folks, I'm going to try and switch topics. I'm going to try and get away from this for a little while. All right. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. we got plenty more of that came back. We're going to come back to Copper's Corner. That's what we're going to do. Copper's Corner is coming up next. I love that segment. All right, Copper's going to go up next. we got more news about things happening in Alabama. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM. We'll be right back. <laughs> 